Good evening, everybody, and welcome here to the Old Kirk as we continue our journey with Christ. We will be having tea and coffee after um, this evening, and it would be wonderful if you can stay for some fellowship. And there will also be a collection there for DEC Ukraine, um, and we want to send as much as possible to that worthy cause. Our call to worship this morning will be on the screen. And if we could say together the bits in bold or gold, um, that would be wonderful. So, we are always a broken body. With the faithful who go before us. In Christ is our wholeness. In Christ is our unity. Let us pray. God of eternal love, we come to this night on which Jesus felt the burden of his humility, with his soul in torment, his heart ready to break with grief. This night on which he confirmed his commitments to love's great cost, in the world where friends betray, deny, and forsake, and where enemies demand full payment for their hatred. We come to remember this time he spent with his disciples, his hours of agony in Gethsemane, his betrayal with a kiss, his being handed over to judgment. As we remember, he still comes to us asking that we decide for him or against him. As he made his commitment, so we make ours, keeping us faithful, loving God, and bringing us safely through to the last, with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We have our first hymn, which is Lord of Creation, to you be all our praise.
That was really beautifully done. We now have our reading. Thank you, Amanda. Our reading this evening comes from John's Gospel, and it's John chapter 13, and I'm reading from verses 1 through to 28. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not, you do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I'm not referring to all of you, I know those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill the scripture. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. I tell you the truth. Whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another, at a loss to know which one of them he meant. One of them, 
the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then, dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. What you are about to do, do quickly, Jesus told him. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Amen and thanks be to God for these words. Thank you. The Monday Thursday service is always the service which includes the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The Supper is full of meaning. It's spiritual food that nourishes our souls. It's part of worship that commands us. It is an experience of the presence of Christ in a real and tangible way. It's something we do as a community, for we never celebrate the sacrament alone. We do it in communion with others. Among all of the meanings of the sacrament is that of remembrance. When Jesus instituted the sacrament, he said, do this in remembrance of me. So that is one thing that I want us to do now, to remember. Remember what it was like for Christ on that last evening. I want you to picture in your mind his disciples at, a, at the final supper before his arrest and his crucifixion. John's gospel has a different emphasis on the gathering than the other gospels. He focuses on the teachings of Christ and the foot washing ceremony. But Matthew, Mark and Luke give a fairly clear description of the gathering in the place of the, called the upper room. They were all there, all gathered together, celebrating the Passover. Christ and his twelve apostles, twelve very different men. There's Andrew young and eager, eager to share the good news of Christ with others. The first thing he did when he met Jesus was to run off and tell his brother the news. Over there is Philip, and the first thing he did when he heard that Jesus was from Nazareth was to laugh and joke. Well, I've never heard of anything good coming out of Nazareth. Then there's James and John, sons of Zebedee, and Matthew, a tax collector, employed by the government for the Roman Empire. And next to Matthew is Simon the Zealot, a rebel, anxious to overthrow the government. And his brother, Matthew, that his brother Matthew works for. And of course there's Thomas, doubting everything and every, everywhere and everything always needing proof. 
And then there's James, son of Alphaeus, and beside them, Thaddeus. Twelve men, each very different. But you'll note that I've left a couple of disciples out. For there are another two. They are not so different, in fact. They are more like each other than any of the other disciples. They are sitting next to Jesus, one on one side and one on the other, are Peter and Judas. These two are more alike than we can possibly imagine. In fact, there is only one way in which they differ significantly. Both men have been called by Christ. Both men have been with Christ for over three years. Both men stuck with Christ even when the chips were down. And both men have grown extremely close to Christ. Both have also ridden up, ridden up the ladder of success. Peter is the spokesman for the disciples and Judas is the treasurer for the disciples. Together they are very much alike. And being very much alike, they are both astounded and shocked when Christ declares that one of the twelve apostles will betray the Lord. In all four Gospels, Jesus speaks to those gathered round the table and says, One of you will betray me. Imagine what it would be like at your family's Easter or Christmas dinner. The whole family are gathered together celebrating a meal and your grandfather or your mother suddenly says, One of you is going to betray me. Well, that shocking comment in the Gospels that's exactly how the apostles responded, for they were shocked and dismayed. Around the table, each disciple expressed concern. James, John, all the way down the line, each one asking, Lord, is it I? And the last two are Judas and Peter. Judas asked, Lord, is it I? And Jesus says, yes. But Peter he doesn't bother asking. Instead, he slaps his hand on the table with an air of confidence, saying, well, I tell you one thing now. Everyone else around this table might fall away, but not me. Ah, you can count on me. Think again, Jesus tells him. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter insists that he would never forsake his Lord. Two men, Judas and Peter, alike in so many ways. They are now alike yet and yet in more than one way. Both have been told by Jesus that they will betray him. And these two men go out and do just that. You will recall the quick succession of events. Following the Last Supper, Jesus goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. As soon as he finishes, Judas comes along, leading an armed band of soldiers, and with a kiss, he, betray he betrays Christ. Following the arrest of Christ, Peter hurries to the house of the high priests to wait for word as to what will happen to Jesus, and of course, it happens. Aren't you one of the disciples? Someone asks. No, I'm not. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. I've never met the man. 
Sure you are, I saw you with him. And for the third time, Peter denies knowing Jesus. And while his exact words are not recorded, Matthew's Gospel says Peter began to call down curses and swore to them. I don't know the man. Well, after all, what can we expect? Because Peter was a fisherman, so I guess it's only natural that he might be able to curse like a sailor. But there he is, listening to the rooster crow, and he knows he has betrayed Christ. And being alike Peter and Judas, they both grieve because of their acts of betrayal. Judas, overwhelmed with grief and sorrow, runs to the high priest and admits, I've sinned. And he takes the 30 pieces of silver with which he sold both his God and his soul, and he throws them on the ground and runs into the darkness of the night. Peter, ashamed and depressed, remembers his loud boast, everyone else will fall but not me. I'll stick by you even if it means my death. They may betray you, but not me. I'll never forsake you. And the ringing of those words in his ear were most recently spoken. Don't know him. Never seen him. Wasn't with him. Ashamed, Peter flees into the darkness of the night also. And the deeds are done. Two men alike in so many ways, both betray their Lord. One betrays with a kiss, one denies with a curse. But there is a difference. Judas turns to himself and he takes his own life. Peter turns to God and becomes a saint. And it is in this difference that it makes the difference in the world. To whom did they turn? Judas, the betrayer, turns to himself and hangs lifeless from a rope. Peter, the denier, turns to God and is forgiven. Judas turns to himself and finds death. Peter turns to God and finds life. Judas turns to himself and with defeat stumbles into hell. Peter turns to God and in victory marches to heaven. To whom do we turn? For two men so alike in many ways, this is the difference that sets them apart. For us, this is the difference that makes all the difference in our own lives. To whom do we turn? Now most of us in a time of crisis will turn to a lot of different people. And some of this is fine. We might turn to parents, to family, friends or co-workers, our minister, our doctor. All of this good and not saying it's a bad thing, obviously not. But even as we might turn to these people and these sources for help, we are ultimately turning either inward towards ourself or outward towards Christ. No matter who we might turn to in a time of crisis for counsel or advice, ultimately we must turn to Christ in our most difficult times. 
or else we might find ourselves on the wrong path. The author of Hebrews expressed it well. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we have, and yet without sinning. Let us then draw near to the throne of grace, that we may have mercy to find grace to help us in our times of need. Christ understands us. Christ has mercy on us. And Christ has compassion and love for us. Therefore, as Hebrews points out, in our time of sin, despair, defeat, or confusion, let us turn to Christ, that in him we may find that mercy, find that grace, and have our time of need discussed with him. To whom would we turn? Only Christ has the words of eternal life. It is a lesson that Peter learned well. In his time of need, he knew who he had to turn to. It was not a lesson that Judas learned well enough. Then, in his time of need, he turned to himself. And that's the difference between Peter and Judas, who were so much alike in many ways. Now, what of us? To whom do we turn in our time of need? To whom will you turn? Will you turn towards yourself? Or will you turn towards Christ? Let's pray. Loving Lord, help us to turn to you, to your love, to your grace, and to your strength, knowing that no matter what our concern or need is, that you are there, in Jesus' name, amen. We now have our next hymn, which is I Am the Bread, the Bread of Life.
journey through this week, we gather as friends around a table. Deniers, doubters, saints and sinners, we are here because Jesus has invited us. When he walked the earth, Jesus often enjoyed meals with his friends. But in the night before he died, as it started to get dark, he sat with his disciples in the upper part upper room in Jerusalem, at this which was to be his last supper. He broke some bread and took some wine and told his disciples that they must remember him by following his example. We are invited into a relationship with God and he alone invites us to this table as his precious child this table neither belongs to me nor you. It is Christ's table, set by his hand and his example. And the God who is compassionate and merciful and full of grace and love welcomes you. Whether this is the first time you have come or whether you have been many times before.
It is where we sit as a family and where we enjoy Christ's hospitality. For all that we receive at this table, his love, his forgiveness, reconciliation and peace, we receive from him in faith. Amanda will lead us in prayer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pause at this table because all of the stories have been told and the words will soon run out. Promises seem so fragile now. Hope seems so much thinner and we cannot find the words that we need. For the questions are too great, and so all we have is silence. Yet here we no longer need words, for the kingdom is breaking, your love is choosing, the darkness is conspiring, and we find ourselves here, because there is no other place to be and no other thing to say. We can only break bread and share wine and be with you tonight. And so, Lord, we pray, as we do now in this place what you did in an upstairs room, that you would send down your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and wine that they might be set apart from all ordinary use to this holy use and mystery, that they might become for us your body, healing and forgiving and making us whole, and that we too might become for you your body, loving and caring in this world of ours until your kingdom comes. And so, Lord, we use the only words left the angel's song that we might believe through this night and on into the days to come. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are crammed full with your glory. Hosanna in every nook and every cranny. Blessed is the one who comes in God's name. Hosanna in the highest. But even eventually, they run out. Come, Lord Jesus, break the bread for us. Pour the wine for us. This word in flesh is all we need. So be it. This night and forever. Amen. And it is this moment that we remember the tradition passed on to us by the Apostle Paul 
that in the night, at the table, after they had eaten, and after the hush had fallen, Jesus stands and he lifts the bread which has been untouched, as if all the heaven was listening. And he tore it, and a holy explosion of crumbs scattered across the cloth. Whenever this bread is broken, broken for you, and whenever you eat it, make sure you do this in remembrance of me. And as he tore the bread, he tore and he passed it around the table of his friends, and each hesitated before they tore it again, as if they felt his words more deeply as they ate. The silence deepened, broken by Jesus once more, who had lifted the cup. When he lifted the cup, he paused. This cup, this wine, this new promise sealed in my blood. Drink it, all of you, and make this the one thing you do, remembering me. And so they sipped the wine and passed it on. As the wine reduced, the darkness increased. On this holy of nights, let us not let Jesus do this on his own. We are here around this table together with him, and we share the cup with him, and let us taste the wine together. Let us feel the crumbs of bread together and make this one thing a thing that we do together to remember him. The gifts of God for the people of God taste and see his goodness. Feed on him in faith and find all your needs met. Your brokenness made for the whole and joy that is eternal. Let us take our bread, the body of Christ broken for you. Take the wine, the blood of Christ shared for you. When Jesus rose from, rose from the dead, he came and stood among his friends, and showing them his hands and his side, he said, Peace be with you. In his name and in the risen presence, I say, the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And if you feel comfortable, please share the peace with those around you.
Let's pray. Lord, like Peter who denied you, like Judas who betrayed you, and like the others who represented the secret, silent ways we failed to live by washing feet and loving one another, we came to share your feast, deniers, doubters, sinners and saints, welcomed and fed, and so, Lord, as our hunger is sated, may we know that we are forgiven for the times we have denied who you are. May we know forgiveness for the times when we have betrayed ourselves, others, or you. May we know that you have forgiven us for the times we doubt and for all of the ways that we feel we have failed. When we have not washed feet or loved others, such is the gift you offer through this feast of bread and wine. Through this sharing with you, may we know reconciliation in our lives. And that is a new beginning of ours. Through your love, through your grace, and through your life-giving gift. Amen. We now have our prayers for others. God of everlasting love, we pray for the welfare of your church here on earth. Guide and govern it by your good spirit, so that all who call themselves Christians may be led in the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of the spirit and in the bond of peace and grace. We commend to you, your, to all, your healing power, those who are suffering or distressed in body, mind or circumstances. Comfort and strengthen those who are gripped by poverty, weakness or illness. Those who are oppressed by cruelty. Those who have nowhere to turn. May they know your love and experience your care. And we think specifically about those in the Ukraine and the Russian cities caught up in a war they are unable to stop. Help them as they question why. As they see death and destruction that they have never imagined. Wrap your comfort around them. Guide with your wisdom and power those in leadership so that everyone may live in peace and mutual trust, sharing with justice and consideration the resources available to us on your earth. Give the people of this land a spirit of unselfishness, compassion and fairness both in public and in private life. Inspire your church here on earth to proclaim the gospel of your love in the death and resurrection of your Son. May all people hear your call to trust you, Lord, so that wherever we are just now, we remember your Holy Spirit is with us and will help us to serve Jesus by sharing his love with all people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Our final hymn for this evening is O My Soul Arise and Bless Your Master. Yeah. 
Jesus, we have promised to serve you to the end, and you have promised to allow all that follow you glory and eternal life. As we journey home this evening, may the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with those we love and those we ought to love, this night and forevermore. Amen. Thank you. 